0: I'm Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. And as always, I'm joined by Travis Hole, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group. Uh, Travis, I think I've started off uh, a couple different podcasts saying it's been a while since our last recording. Uh, I've gotten a little busy... In uh, basically the last month or so, busier than I was before, though I was busy then. But uh, I bring this up because it feels like after I've gotten this renewed energy, now that I can walk around Seoul without a coat, it doesn't matter how busy I am. I feel pretty good. The weather outside is great.
1: Yeah, it's been nice lately. Um, I actually, I'm working out in Yongin and we've just had some amazing weather. And the place where I'm working is just, it was covered in cherry blossoms. So, you know, it made going to work even better um, than it normally is. And yeah, it's been great. I mean, we have gotten a little bit of rain in the last few days, but um, besides that, it's just been perfect last, I don't know, about one month or so.
0: Yeah. Rain. And then there's a, a couple of really bad days for uh, air quality. And I saw that going around Facebook, the battle of like, oh, it's yellow dust. Well, actually no Korea, you know, 50% or more of it's from its old coal power plants, you know, the, just the, in general, the, the air quality issues. Um, but, Despite that, I've been going out. I'm, I might buy one of those real masks, the one that actually protects you from um, pollutants in the air that um, we, we've talked about before. Because I do I do enjoy just walking around. It's been so long since I've been able to walk around without a coat. It's really nice. Um, you know, I've hit the the normal areas, uh, Hongdae, I was in HBC one night. Um, and specifically, you know, these areas, HBC, Itaewon, Hongdae that uh, you know, lots of people and it seems that, you know, during the last couple of weeks, It's been a lot more than even what I was used to before. Um, The amount of people that you will see a lot, but then also on top of that, always these new businesses that are popping up. And of course, that means the previous businesses that used to be there, sometimes maybe even for years, are disappearing. So that's what we're talking about today. And specifically, we're talking about HBC. And with HBC, the area that's west of Itaewon, it's not just private businesses um, that are changing. It's not just that more people are going there. As the Korea Herald recently reported, that the city is going to actually turn HBC into what they're calling a green culture village. So according to that article, HBC will soon be a place where, quote, nature will blend with the region's unique culture, as the government will build a food street and a strolling path along Mount Namsan for culture and history tours that also include a walk through, get this, a sweater factory that was once the economic motor of HBC between 1960 and 1980, and I thought that was interesting. You know, I never knew HBC got to start making sweaters, but I guess perhaps it's only fitting as it's now full of expat hipsters who probably like to wear them from time to time, along with some interesting facial hair and some uh, black glasses. And this is what we're talking about today, Travis. And so it's great because, you know, we're two very different people. You're kind of more of an expat than I am, as in you've been living abroad outside of the United States longer than I have, and also longer here in Korea and longer in the HBC area. So, um for me, I don't even like going to HBC that much because it kind of feels just like overpriced pizza, coffee shops. But you know about a time when HBC was different, kind of when it was mid between how it started and where it is now. And then also kind of back in the day when it was the area west of Itaewon, and it was all kind of like a little hip, but also like a little dangerous. And there are things in the area that you could get um, that you couldn't get in other places. So let's talk about kind of where HBC came from, what it's been through, and where it might be going into the future. And I'd like for you to start off with uh, kind of some of those historical parts of HBC that I probably don't know that much about.
1: Well, the name haibang actually comes in Korean. It means Freedom Village. Um, So, you know, historically, this this area was at first actually inhabited by North Korean refugees um, after the Korean War. And that's, you know, you mentioned that sweater factory. I actually wasn't even aware that 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 was an economic uh, driver for this area prior to reading that article on the Korea Herald. But um, yeah, traditionally the area was um, known for a place where North Korean refugees would go and resettle. Um, And I think part of that was because they perceived some sort of safety because of the American military base, which was nearby. Um, but yeah, it's kind of changed. You know, obviously, over the years, there's not that many North Korean refugees living here anymore. And now, as you mentioned, it's more kind of an expat neighborhood.
0: Lots of facial hair, lots of funky glasses, sweaters. Oh, yes. Tattoos.
1: Yep tattoos yeah it's 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 i mean it's a mix too there's a lot of koreans that live here um,
0: oh no 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 i see koreans with tattoos i see koreans not so much funky facial hair that is more of a a foreigner thing but i i see that from time to time as well uh but some good frames lots of good frames <laughs> from all nationalities in hbc
1: yeah and um you know when i first moved to korea um, back in 2005 I remember my first time I came to HBC. It was for a Christmas meal. Um, a couple expats that I knew who I was working with recommended we go over there for a turkey dinner at Phillies, and that was kind of my first exposure to it.
0: Phillies, one of the one of the. Staples of the area. I've done live podcasts there. I've played shows at Phillies. I mean, Phillies is I mean, like if I was like out of my mind and couldn't tell you anything about South Korea, I could probably tell you that Phillies is an HBC.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an institution in the area. I mean, it, it was the first bar that I ever uh, encountered over here. Um, and when I first came here, it was owned by a New Zealand and a New Zealander and his Korean wife. And it's kind of been passed you know, passed around through the years, but it has um, remained open. I know they are trying to sell that business right now. I saw a Craigslist posting.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, that was an interesting day when I was checking Craigslist and I saw like to a good home. It was a really well uh, written ad that was kind of like, you know, basically we're looking to sell Phillies, but we don't just want to sell it to Starbucks and like have them tear it down. You know, they want someone to kind of continue what's going on there.
1: Yeah, and I hope that's the case it has been kind of an institution to the area and a lot of um expats have um you know made a lot of friends there made uh, you know there's the sporting sporting groups meet there for drinks after they play their sports and so it, it's kind of a you know a, definitely an institution to the area and i hope they keep it as it is or you know find someone who wants to develop the business a little more i certainly hope that it isn't turned into a starbucks um, so
0: far. More recently, it actually was um, kind of the headquarters of the Vote for Bernie Sanders movement in the uh, global expat primary that uh, existed. I did some reporting on that. They just, like, covered it in Bernie Sanders signs and um, just gra- something like, gosh, what was it, 90? I think Bernie Sanders had 93% of the vote in South Korea. And then Philly's, like, gave them their store um, in order to, to, to sign people up. So, I mean, it's also political.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've been a great supporter of the expat community. We've we've held meetups there for um, only in Korea uh, Facebook group, you know, and we've had. They, they haven't really offered us any discounts, but they've let us use their space. <laughs> um, you hear that, <laughs> Phillies?
0: You hear that? Yeah.
1: But yeah, I, I, I always enjoy going there. I mean, they have wings night every week. Um, it's it's a great bar. Um, and I hope they do keep it around. So far, you know, as much uh, as people say, you know, HBC's kind of become a gentrified area. It really has avoided, um, you know, turning into like one of these areas with all these corporate um, businesses like McDonald's, Starbucks. You know, that's in this area. It's all small, uh, small family run businesses, um, which I hope continues to be the case.
0: Well, I wouldn't say it's all small family run businesses. I mean, this is what I kind of alluded to. In my intro, like I've never been a fan of, of the E Taiwan area, which HBC is, is, you know, just sort of west of that. I, I've never been a fan. Uh, I just. Never never have been a fan of that area. But if I had to go somewhere in that area, I would have gone to HBC and I kind of would have happily tolerated it, I guess is the best that I could say. But nowadays, I mean, no. I mean, i I didn't go there for maybe like a handful of months and I was just blown away by like all the weird hipsterish type of buildings that have been built with like these outdoor patios where you can drink coffee and like no man, it's I don't I don't think you can say that anymore about HBC. There's no McDonalds. Well, but I mean,
1: yeah, there, there's no it's not, you know, it's not like chain restaurants. So it, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. It, it is probably some of these businesses are like, um, you know, daddy had some money and gave his son uh, some cash to invest in a business or
0: his daughter. How dare you, Travis? Or his
1: yeah. Or his daughter. Um, there was a place called um, in English, the, the name of the building, same in Korean. It was called Sorry, Mom, I'm High. And um it was it existed I saw it opened up um you know it was right by kobo Super it opened up in January and then just yesterday I walked by and I noticed it had closed down and they were selling used clothing out of it. So
0: some of these <laughs> uh, what, so you open a business called Sorry Mom I'm High and then you finish your business by selling used clothes out on the yeah, the doorstep. You
1: know, some of these businesses you know they don't think I'm through too much. Uh, um you know there's already a lot of bars in the area. I don't know if the street needs any more bars. There's definitely, you know, businesses that um, could open here that would do really well if people would be a little creative and, you know, think beyond bars and restaurants. um, Well, let's,
0: let's get to that here in a moment. We'll kind of get to like what HBC will turn into or could turn into, but you started off talking about the beginning of HBC where we're both kind of surprised that it all started with a sweater factory. The more, you know, um, but what was kind of like, I think it would be fair to say maybe the heyday of HBC, at least from the expat perspective when it was still, I mean, it's still cheap compared to a lot of places, but it's more expensive than it has been probably, you know, ever in the last couple decades. So. When was the time when it was the best time to be in HBC when, you know, all the foreigners, it was the, the Western foreigner community, but at the same time, there were Koreans, there were other people as well in that area. But generally, that was how it was kind of looked at. And there were, you know, options to eat or options to, to go to a place like Phillies that couldn't be had in other areas. Uh, when was that? When was When was that heyday?
1: I I guess it would depend on, you know, when you were living in Cree. You know, it could have been for some people, it could have been 2005 or 2006 when it was just Philly's in, in, you know, Indigo, uh, or yeah, Indigo um, was a cafe that was running there at that time. So it was just two places. But, you know, for me, I think 2009, 2010 was probably the best time to be here. There were probably a good handful of um, decent restaurants and bars in the area. Um, My favorite bar at the time was a place called HBC Bar, which wasn't really originally named at all.
0: Right in the name. Yeah, HBC (laughs)
1: Bar. I like that. You know, it was like a hole in the wall, kind of uh, what you'd think of as a dive bar in the states. Um, they allowed people to smoke cigarettes in there. You know, you kind of.
0: Well, at that time, everybody smoked cigarettes everywhere. So
1: it felt almost at that time that you knew everyone in the neighborhood by just kind of hanging out at that bar because it was like a kind of a, a meeting place for you know all the all, at least all the Western expats in the neighborhood and. um They probably opened up just at the right time there. There wasn't too many, you know, like what I would consider to be Korean tourists in the neighborhood at that time. Koreans didn't have much interest in the area. So
0: so this must have been before churros and this must have been before um, lots of pizza. I mean, you always see people standing in line like in the street.
1: Bonnie's wasn't open yet. Yeah. So, yeah, at that time, it felt like more of a community. Um, now, you know, I go out here in this neighborhood, and it seems like there's a lot of new arrivals, which I guess is to be expected, but there's also a lot more Koreans who, um, you know, they don't really know the area that well. So for them, it's almost like a kind of a tourist experience for them to come over here and eat pizza or churros and, um, you know, kind of check out what the foreign community is up to. So sometimes it almost feels like you're, you know, your neighborhood's being invaded, um, Why tourists I mean even though they're not tourists, they're Koreans who, you know, have every right to be in the neighborhood. But um, it definitely has a different vibe than it did back in, say, 2009, 2010.
0: So what do you think was it that led to this? I mean, I have my own ideas, and I, I've talked with people about this subject you know, here and there because you know, when, <laughs> when you're an English-speaking expat and HBC is kind of like the area for English-speaking expats, you talk about it from time to time, of course. But what was it that, that allowed this to change? Was it, was it that influx, as you kind of mentioned, tourists? Obviously, this is their country. They have every right to be in there, but um, that was a change. Or was it the fact that, um, you know, so many expats were living in that area that like, you know, prices were increasing? What do you think it was that kind of put us into the situation we are in now where we're going to have this like green culture village path? Then you're going to be able to tour the sweater shop. And, you know, a lot of these places, HBC Bar is no longer there. A lot of these other places are no longer there. Maybe sometime in the future, Phillies won't be there. What was it that kind of started this all going?
1: To be honest I'm not really sure you know I know rents were cheap here um, this is one of the cheapest places you could get a house or to start a business in Korea it's um, still decently cheap yeah still the rents still cheap in uh, in, in HBC um but I don't know if that was necessarily it. Um, you know, there, there's the HBC Music Fest, which has been going on. I think this summer or this this May will be the 11th year.
0: HBC Fest, yeah. I've I've worked with Lance a few different times on a couple of different projects. Um, it, it's it's I would say more than once a year, but I can't tell you exactly when.
1: It's it's twice a year. It's it's in May and October usually. So I mean, that definitely helped. Um, you know, put the the. City are the community on the radar to Korean people. Um, you know, a couple times a year, if they're coming out here, you know, and they're seeing what the what's going on. Um, And also, you know, the fact that it is known to be a music, a musical community or an artistic community. So you get a lot of expats who they want to create music or they want to do art. This is the place they're going to go, you know, so.
0: Well, I I would I mean, there are a lot of people that play music who I'd say live in the HBC area or go to the HBC area. But really, when it comes to live music, it's still Hongdae. Hongdae is still the live music place for both Koreans and foreigners. I guess that's probably true. I mean, I used to... There are more venues in the HBC and Itaewon area now than probably ever have been, at least that I can think of. But Hongdae is still the place.
1: Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I haven't been over to a show in, in Hongdae for years, though. I used to go
0: because to- you're the HBC guy. I mean, that's why we're I talking to- about this. I used this. to
1: go to um, FF uh, quite a bit, and um, there was a couple venues I used to go to in Hongdae. Um, but I would say, you know, if you go over to see a show on Hongdae, probably the next night that same band will be playing over in HBC.
0: Yes, yeah, especially now. Now now that's definitely the case. They're becoming a little bit more equal. But it, it, I would say, you know, for the last five, ten years, it's it's always been Hongdae. I'm, I'm just yeah. pointing out the difference between the neighborhoods where Hongdae is like the music place, but not a lot of. Expats actually live in Hongdae, where in HBC, the music that they do have, you know, maybe historically in the last 10 years hasn't matched Hongdae. Everyone lives in HBC.
1: Yeah, a lot of the expats will live here. They'll go over and do shows in Hongdae. Um, I remember that there was a, I, I think I read an interview from the guy who does the band Cyborg. Have you ever heard of them?
0: Oh, sure. Cyborg. Yeah. They don't have a vocalist, but uh, very good musicians, uh, very well known in, in the indie scene. Cyborg, sure. I think
1: yeah. I read. He was quoted as saying he didn't like coming over and doing shows. He only wanted to do shows in Hongdae. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And that was probably back in you know 2007, 2008. And then I think just last year I saw him doing a show over here in HBC. So it seems like even his attitude has kind of changed about the area too.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was that was the only point I was trying to make is that I think this music presence in HBC and and Itaewon, specifically more in, in HBC, um, that that I think is, is something new along with, you know, this quote unquote gentrification that's going on. I'm not in a band now. I've been in a multiple bands during my time in Korea. And right now I'm just not playing music. But if I was playing music, I would be playing music more in HBC now than I ever had before. Where before it was kind of an odd show to like be in HBC, but there's lots of venues now. Um, Obviously I played uh, the HBC Fest, um, but that was, you know, a special thing. It wasn't just like every weekend. So um, yeah, I I mean, actually I think along with these businesses that are that are coming in and, and kicking out these other businesses and the fact that more Koreans are, are coming into the neighborhood not only to visit but also to live and, you know, the prices are going up, I think another good indicator of this change is that, yeah, I mean, HBC is becoming, perhaps in the future, it would maybe even surpass Hongdae or maybe it would be like maybe like the expat music place and Hongdae would be more Korean. I'm not quite sure how that would work out. So what originally got us on this uh, train of thought was I was I was asking you, what do you think led to, to all this? And so there's obviously lots of different factors. But now that we're kind of in this situation where people are, you know, actively talking about how HBC is changing, it's becoming more expensive. I mean, there's a churro stand everywhere and there's a long line of people um, who foolishly wait in line and pay for a churro that they could actually probably just go to mcdonald's and buy the ones that they have (laughs) there and it wouldn't be that much different um yeah mcdonald's churros they're fine but uh it's it's just funny how churros and and pizza are the things that draw the big lines in hbc um where do you think this is going to go in the future i mean it's still as we've mentioned it's getting more expensive but it's still very cheap it's very convenient there's lots of uh, food options i think it's fair to say that most expats uh, western expats are unlike myself where i almost only eat korean food but Yourself and, and a lot of my expat friends, uh, the more I talk to them, the more I realize how little Korean food that they eat. And a great place to not eat Korean food is in HBC.
1: Sure. I mean, it really depends on what happens with this military base here. Um, you know, they've been saying they're going to close down the Yongsan Garrison for years. And um, if that happens, you know, and they close it down and I've heard.
0: Well, they, yeah, they, they've been saying that for years, but it, even if they keep delaying it a little bit, it is definitely happening now. Yeah. Like if the writing's on the wall. I
1: mean, if, so if that happens, who knows, maybe they'll sell some of this property and turn it into apartments. Um, if, if there's a big park where Yongsan used to be, um, you know, I can see people paying a lot of money to live at the site of a, a you know, like a, a I guess um, central park kind of area to, Seoul. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that base. I know they were talking about turning it into a park. Um,
0: That's the last I heard. Yeah, I haven't kept up on it because um, when they announced that, that was you know a piece of news that you know we talked about and and you know could could involve some discussions or some reports. But then after that, yeah, it just kind of faded away, and I'm not quite sure what the update is with that.
1: Yeah, so a lot of that I think will depend on what happens with that bait. I mean, if the base stays, things are going to probably keep – the businesses are going to keep improving here and keep keep booming. The, the area is going to keep booming. But if the base closes, you know, there might be some big changes on the horizon. Maybe maybe some uh, major developers will want to buy up some of this land here and um, develop it into apartment buildings. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of – you know, that's a big contingency factor is whether or not the base actually closes – and when it closes and then what, what is done, what it, what the landowners here decide to do with their land. Um, you know, if someone makes them an offer, it's, it's really good. They might, some of these guys might as a group sell some of this land to developers and it might be redeveloped. So, um, you know, that's one risk, uh, business owners take by, um, starting a business here is it's, it's really up in the air. What, what's going to be in store for this neighborhood. I know the government's creating this, um, green culture village, but, um, I don't think they're gonna have any say in this either. You know, it's it's private landowners who are gonna decide what happens to the area. Um a lot of the housing in this area is very old. Um, you know, it's it's looks like almost like a, a what is it, a Brazilian how do you call those neighborhoods?
0: Oh those hut villages? <laughs> the ones I cleared out for the Olympics. <laughs>
1: Um, anyway yeah it looks like a, um, I think
0: it's a, I get what you're saying it's it, it has like a certain look to it Um, it, it's really nice brick actually I actually kind of like the the architecture of the area and I hope that it can remain because it's you know everything is apartments here even though I, I I think I've said before on the podcast I I like the the apartment giant you know high rises I think that they're efficient and uh, you know I'm not so sentimental as some but I, I would like to see hbc still look like hbc in the future and it is on a hill so it, you know it's not the easiest place to build so maybe that would be able to happen but i want to ask you a final question before we get into the the poll from the oink only korea group that we usually do each episode i don't want to put you on the spot to like you know speak for every western expat or every foreigner but um I've done some reporting on gentrification here in South Korea, and it's always interesting for me because in the, the United States, usually when you're talking about gentrification, for the most part, the big stories that get reported are, you know, big companies or rich people. You know, imagine like the evil villain, Donald Trump, who, dear Lord, could be our president at some point. Um you know moving into an area taking over these these communities and trying to build something or just kick people out and use the infrastructure but bringing people that will pay more rents and most often time it is very racial at least there a racial component exists where the people who are being displaced are a certain ethnicity or certain nationality and the people who are displacing them are are different and oftentimes that turns into white versus you know minorities here in south korea that's 99% of the time, not the case, because whenever you see these stories of gentrification, it's rich Koreans pushing out poor Koreans. But as HBC, the, the foreigner presence, as I mentioned, you know, there are lots of different foreigners, but stereotypically, it is like a Western, maybe a North American neighborhood. D- do you think that this neighborhood, the inhabitants of this neighborhood, do they have any right to. To to talk about leave this neighborhood the way that it is, do you think that that is a legitimate argument in any way, shape, or form, or is it? You know, we're expats. It's not like we're living here for Korean citizenship, as might be, you know, some Asian nationalities or other nationalities. Most Americans, most Canadians, most Western Europeans that come to South Korea, they're not coming here for their life to to become a Korean citizen. Um, it it's actually very difficult compared to a lot of countries. And maybe that's one of the reasons, but most of the time, you know, people are here for a short term, or even if they get married, they maintain their nationality back home. And it's different compared to like, you know, uh, a typical immigration story to the United States or Canada, or, you know, how have you. So what do you think about that dynamic? Do people have any right to complain about this? Or should they just be happy that they have the area that they have?
1: I I don't know. It's it's a really complex issue. You know, um, on one hand, you do have expats who put in, you know, for someone like Lance, who does the HBC Fest, he's put in you know over a decade. Mr. HBC. He's put in over a decade of his life to developing the neighborhood and to making you know, to making arts and music um, you know thrive here. So for someone like him,, yeah, maybe he has some say, maybe he, maybe he, um, are, he, he has some, the right to have some strong opinions about the issue. But you know if you're here for a year or two, I mean, I don't really know that you have that much uh, room to complain um, about what happens here. You know, it, it is a complex issue. I think I think on one hand, you know, you... It's a
0: complex you, issue, Chance. <laughs>
1: it is. I mean, on one hand, businesses, business in a capitalist society, businesses have the right to develop and, um, you know, to, to make money. And, um, you know, if, if you're not able to compete with that and if you can't put the money together to afford the rent... Um, maybe you don't have a right to to be
0: sure but you know what i i mean what i'm getting at is like in the united states for instance i went to school in boston um, emerson college right, where i went to school right next to to, to chinatown you know that's a, that's what we referred to it as and even when i was there they were talking about gentrification and the high prices and i saw a few changes in and what was there you know things closing up but for the most part it was there since i've left i've just followed boston news in general and i've noticed that's been an ongoing issue there it's the same case there though I mean businesses in the United States have just as much a right to make money and if you know the the, the area demands more money you know people don't necessarily have a, a legal right to just stay where they were but you know the culturally it's an area that they identify with you know Chinatown is a very um, good thing for Boston as in you know we have uh, little Italy which is the North End you know that that's that's that area and if, if that you know, if people are getting pushed out of that area, people would complain just like they would in Chinatown. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Obviously, people have legal rights. But, you know, in the United States, this could be a big story depending on th- how it's put together. You know, like what ethnicities are involved? What are the details of the story? Was there any you know underhanded planning to to try to move people out? Or is it just, you know— even if you look at it more or less, just a factor of of, of economics. I mean, th- this is a big deal in the states.
1: I think the the racial component is missing in Korea. You know, because I don't see um, expats being pushed out of the neighborhood yet. Anyway, I think most expats. Yeah,
0: it's still cheap. Yeah, it's still, still cheap
1: to live here. Um, you know, I do think on one hand, though, as as a value or as an asset to Seoul, that the HBC area is is uh, in, intrinsically valuable to the city. It's um, you know, it's an alternative to Itaewon. There are There is an arts, um, uh, music, and culture scene here, a uh, foreign art, music, and culture Growing,
0: scene. as it we mentioned, growing.
1: growing. Um, so I think it is a, a value to the city to keep the area as is. But on the other hand, you know, capitalism as it is, um, is kind of going to run its course. And some things might change. There might be a Starbucks in the neighborhood. There might be a McDonald's that's put in here someday. I hope that's not the case. But, um, you know, as as we've seen with other neighborhoods um, in the area like uh, Kyungmi-dan, Um, you know, they're they're opening um, chain coffee shops and stuff over there. And that's just across the street. So that could be something that's on the horizon for this area, too, unfortunately.
0: Let's uh, get to the poll and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, We could talk about this, you know, for a very long time. This poll, I noticed, um, I'm going to have you go through it like we normally do. But uh, this one, I just noticed that there were so many um, choices that were not jokes. Like normally when we have a poll, there's like, you know, a a nice grouping of top choices at the top that are like legitimate. And then at the bottom, there's just like troll like comments. But aside from a few troll like comments, they're in every poll. There are quite a few, um, decent responses in this poll that I, that I thought, um, merited, uh, comments. I mean, I mean, very divided, lots of different opinions on this.
1: Yeah, there was there was quite a few different opinions. Um the top three were all kind of, you know, down on gentrification. You know, the first one was that they missed people missed the days when it was kind of a backwater expat respite that Koreans didn't really or weren't really aware of. So a lot of people miss having that um, you know, kind of close community where, you know, it wasn't really on the radar of Korean people, and um, they missed that time where they could just go and show up and everyone would know each other, and um, it was a small community that was pretty close. And that,
0: yeah, and even even if you thought it was a shithole, it was like, it's our shithole.
1: Yeah, and people complain, you know, another complaint on this poll was that the prices have gone up to the point of being ridiculous over the years, which is true. You go out for, you know, Bonnie's Pizza or whatever, this, whatever these places are, and, and you pay more Than what you would if you, you know, just ordered from Pizza Hut, which is probably the quality is probably similar at some of these places. That's not to say that there aren't really, really, really good restaurants um, that are trying new things. But it seems like a lot of the restaurants that Koreans pick up on as being, you know, quote unquote, like foreign or, you know, delicious are just ones that have been blogged about on Naver and then they somehow become popular and um, you know you see these massive lines. I think a couple of years ago, Jacoby's Burger was one of these. I tried Jacoby's and I thought it was fine, but it wasn't something I would stand in line for. But.
0: Yeah, it's like churros. I like churros. Churros are fine, but like people stand in line. It looks like a um, like it's like a Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: and you know the churros thing isn't really HBC. It's it's Kyungyudan, which is right next door. The Kyungyudan area wasn't on the expat radar even before probably five years ago. now it used to be a really, you know, Koreanized neighborhood, but now all these foreign bars are opening up over there too. So the neighborhood is spilling out um, from what it once was to, you know, something much larger. And it's just, you know, it's it probably eventually the whole Itaewon area is just going to be connected, which it already is. Um, one person mentioned, or someone voted, they're not a fan of dodging cars and they would like to see more place, uh, like would like the place more if it had pavement.
0: There is no sidewalk in HBC. There is. You just walk on the side of the road, and and that doesn't sound bad because there are plenty of places where I've been where that's the case. But it's particularly noticeably bad in the HBC area.
1: I mean, that goes to along with parking. There's no parking in the area, really. Um, I had a acquaintance of mine get um, a car backed up to reverse and to get out of there to park smashed him in the legs, broke one of his legs, you know, I mean, so. Oh,
0: well, actually, yeah, a friend of mine who's no longer here, I believe she was uh, on, on the hill on her bike and she just got hit by a taxi driver. Um, and if, if this wasn't actually in HBC proper, it was definitely in that greater area that we just mentioned. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was right there in HBC because that's where she lived. Got hit by a taxi driver. He drove away. Wow. They found him because of some type of CCTV footage, um, which I'm actually surprised because there's been so many stories about TV footage being so bad that they just see like a blob drive away, but they somehow identified this guy. He told the cops he drove away because he didn't speak English. <laughs> And she she was nice. Um, I kind of wish she'd been a dick about it because I I wanted to see this guy you know have some penalty. But apparently they just like took away his taxi license and he could never be a taxi driver again or something like that. And he just like paid for her medical bills. But she looked like someone beat the crap out of her. Like double black eyes. She, she had a helmet on, so just imagine like she you know what what could have happened to her if she hadn't had a helmet on. And, and yeah, I think this just happened right there on the hill in HBC. Um, no weather just just driving and just smacked into by a taxi
1: yeah people go way too fast on the road um and you you also you know one one aspect of gentrification is you get people coming over here with bmws you know and mercedes thinking they can park wherever they want so a lot of times they'll park on the street block up traffic
0: well travis as we've mentioned before they really can park wherever they want mean this is (laughs) korea it's not really that they think they can
1: yeah I mean, there's not much enforcement, although they do have a local um, you know parking authority, I see them going around issuing tickets, and I've seen my friends actually gotten towed here before, um, which surprisingly only cost him about forty dollars to get out of uh, to you know to get his car back. but um you know there is parking issues there's there's traffic issues, there is no sidewalk, there's no room for sidewalk. Um, you'd have to tear down about half of the buildings here to get sidewalk going. So there's just no room for it. And um, I don't really see that issue as going to be something that's going to be improving, um, you know, unless they tear down some buildings. And, and people really don't want that. So it's it's just going to be have to, you know, they're going to have to somehow, um, you know, enforce the, the rules of the road here a little more to make it safer for pedestrians. Because there are a lot more pedestrians in the area and on a Saturday or a Sunday there's a constant stream of people coming and going, um, up the road and they're sharing that, that road with cars. So they're going to have to, um, you know, people are going to have to drive slower in the area and make it safer for, um, pedestrians because there are going to be more and more of them, um, as we move forward.
0: One thing I want to, uh, talk about here before we, uh, stop at the poll and call it a day on this episode. One of the, uh, responses, uh, not at the very top, but like, you know, it had some, had some people that agreed with it that said the food has gotten better and there is more variety than there used to be. There is certainly more variety than there used to be. However, my response to this, which, uh, you know, a few people joined me on this, but it didn't become popular like that one time where <laughs> my response was number one. I said, HBC's quote, foreign food is an expensive joke compared to the real thing. And I know I eat Korean food every day and, and you, you don't eat as much, nearly as much Korean food as I do, so we have different tastes and things like that. But I don't think I've ever been impressed by any food I've had in HBC at any restaurant um, even ones that were less expensive than, you know, some of the ones that are very expensive, though nothing is very cheap there. It all looks good if you take a picture and put it on your Instagram. But if you actually eat the food, the flavors are not consistently what they should be. And and maybe it's that people are just happy with what they can get. Or I think a lot of, large part of it is is that a lot of, uh, Koreans might not know the actual flavor that it's trying to you know match but I, I'm very disappointed with the food in HBC I'm not saying it's not good but it's not what they're trying to say it is
1: I I don't know I mean uh, there is um Fat Cat is a uh little diner in the area here and I've thought that they did a pretty good job it's it's like going to um I don't know something like Denny's in the states you know it's it's about that quality it's and it's reasonably priced Um, For foreign food, you know, or not quote unquote foreign food for Westerners, there's a place called Casablanca um, and he does um, Moroccan sandwiches and they're great. He does a great job with it. Um, He's been going now for, I think, over six years and um, he's reasonably priced. I think a sandwich there is like six bucks.
0: But generally the point I'm trying to make is if you had to like identify one or two foreign types of food that are in the HBC area, It's pizza and, like, hamburgers, that type of thing, right? Or maybe, like, some pasta. I mean, that's generally, like, if you had to, like, make a tally, that would be the most common one that came up, right? Probably. It doesn't taste like Western North American pizza. doesn't taste like Western North American hamburger. And if it does, even if it's a decent approximation, very expensive.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in, in HBC for me has never been a, like a place to go for dining. Um, I, I go to Kyungridan, which is across the road. There's there's new places opening up over there all the time. I go to Itaewon. I eat in the area once in a while here because I live in the area.
0: Well, I I mean, I'm happy to extend this blanket argument I'm making to the area of Taiwan and HBC. I I just don't think that these great dining options for good prices that actually taste like the food they're trying to taste exist. I don't see it. Now, I don't eat there as much as many people do. So maybe I'm full of S here, but I don't think I am.
1: Well, you know, there's places like, um, Linus barbecue, for example, he does a great job and people who are familiar with barbecue, I'm
0: not an example of a reasonably priced meal. No, there,
1: there isn't. I mean, if you, if you're going to get good quality and, and authentic tasting, um, Western food or foreign food, you're going to pay a premium for that. And that's not something that's, uh, changed in this area ever, um, Now, if you want kind of a mediocre experience or approximation of Western food, you might not pay too much for that. Um, It's not unreasonable. You know, I I mentioned Fat Cat. Their their prices aren't unreasonable. They're not – it's not excellent food, but it's not – horrible food. Uh, sure. Uh,
0: not, not horrible. And like I said, I like eating Korean food. So maybe yeah. I'm not the best person to talk about this. I just wanted to throw that out there that like people are always talking about, like they go to these restaurants and that we need a word for HBC and and Ita, that whole, whatever that word is the place they go to this the
1: greater, the greater Itaewon area,
0: the greater Itaewon area, make, <laughs> make it great again. Um, yeah. Make Itaewon great again. There we are. Let's get a hat. <laughs> we could sell quite a few of those here, I bet. Um, the Greater Taiwan area. I just, I, I'm just a little fed up by all the people that are talking about all the great dining options, but they don't talk about how much money they're throwing down, and and how a lot of it's not that great. It's maybe not horrible. I've never had a meal there that I was just like, oh my gosh, what did I just eat? But I, mm, I don't know,
1: man. I mean, people, people rave. There's a like a soul. Foodies group on Facebook and people rant and rave about all these you know different places. There are places that get you know recognition and fairly so. Um, you know Maddox Pizza is one example. They don't; those Korean people don't even know this place exists, and they do make really authentic New York uh, style pizza. And you do pay a premium for it. Um, and I don't think that's ever really going to change because rent um, prices you know probably continue to go up in all these areas. So these businesses need to make at least enough money to keep the doors open and probably, you know, to enjoy their lifestyle too. So I, I I do, you know, I do think that there are good dining options in the area and there are also a lot of crap dining options that are overpriced. Um, what, what I'm seeing in what I what I've noticed over the years is that the the quality dining options that are in the area usually come from people who are who are familiar with Western food, who lived in the West, who who you know spent time or, or grew up in like places like California, and then they come back to Korea. So a lot of times it's Gyopos who who have you know move back to Korea. And then they, these guys are able to,
0: or, uh, <laughs> to perhaps end the show on a very, uh, sad note. Uh, I believe we both know someone, uh, who went into a business venture with, uh, with Korean, uh, I don't know Koreans with some sort of Korean partnership as a foreigner partnering with Koreans to make a, a Western food, um, eatery, um and then uh, recently it was announced that uh, this person is no longer associated with said eatery and um without going through the details it sounds like this person basically designed like an entire menu worked his or her butt off and then is no longer part of the restaurant you you know what i'm talking about right
1: yeah i'm i'm familiar with that case i get i guess that's you know something you have to consider when you start a business in korea is who you're doing business with, you know, you you probably want to do business with a family member if possible. This is a typical um, story throughout Asia. I'm not so sure in Japan, but you look at Thailand. A lot of these Thai uh, foreigners in Thailand, they start bars or restaurants with their Thai girlfriends or wives. And then one day they wake up and they, they no longer are business owners. I mean that that's probably something that's going to have to change in Korea, where you know it's easier for foreigners to start their own businesses here, where you don't need a Korean partner to navigate through all the legalities of starting it. Um, That's still something that hasn't changed, but there are foreigners that run businesses here. So um, you know, I would I would hope that people are wise when they start businesses and they choose their partners wisely, and that they are if they if they can't choose a partner wisely, that maybe they shouldn't um, go into business. You know, maybe they should go into business by themselves. But, um, yeah, you have to be careful. And, um, that case that you're referring to, it sounds like the person wasn't really too careful with who they chose. Yeah, probably.
0: Like I said, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad or call anyone out, but it was, it was a major announcement that, you know, people that are Mm -hmm. into reporting and and food and stuff, you know, it was, it was a big deal. So best of luck to, to said person. I'm sorry it all turned out that way, but I got to say when it happens, wasn't surprised, wasn't surprised.
1: I was, I wasn't surprised either. I mean, it, although that that restaurant you know not to name the restaurant but they did get good reviews you know so it's it's not to say that and it seemed like the prices i never did actually get to stop in and have a bite there but it seemed like the prices were reasonable it actually wasn't in the HBO. yeah it was, it was,
0: it, was out, it was outside of the area but uh, you know it was it was that type of restaurant that would open up in that greater e taiwan area so that that's what brought it to mind, so yeah, you know smart decisions, everybody, but uh, yeah, I don't know sad sadness, 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 Oops. and uh well we'll we'll end on that downer note, so travis uh <laughs> good talking to you um it's I gotta tell you, I guess maybe. <laughs> to end on a on an angry note instead of a downer note. I wouldn't be so upset to to see HBC and that whole Itaewon area kind of fall apart because truthfully I I've never enjoyed it that much. Um so I, I was actually kinda happy when I started to see that more Koreans were coming into the area and you know the the, the maybe they would turn that, that the big military uh ness that was there you know into some park or something like that like you know i i'm i'm rather hopeful so for for what the the area can have in the future and um yeah let's i'm i'm thinking that maybe you know if
1: this area is you know eventually you know whatever quote unquote gentrified that the expats will move on and maybe they'll create a new area that they're interested in it seems like yeah i um, keep
0: hearing about mule
1: yeah we talked about that before i, yeah. I think that would be a prime area to to Get to be up and coming, you know. The, the rents there are very cheap. Um, lots of lots of spaces for business. I think Koreans are already kind of latching on to that idea. Um, there's more and more businesses opening up over there. So, you know, maybe we'll see a different area that we'll be griping about here in a few years.
0: Yeah, that's what we got to do. Not to make Itaewon great again, but make the new area great for the first time. <laughs> not 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 as good as a hat. That's too long. We got to work on that. Okay. All right, Travis. Good talk to you, and uh, I'll talk to you next episode.
1: Okay. You too. Have a good day.